Grace to you and peace in the name of the newborn Christ. Amen. When I've shared with folks the fact that my undergraduate degree is a BA in geology, I've often been asked, how did I get from geology to theology? There are two fairly easy answers to that question. The first, from my childhood, I've been able to see the creator and the creation. To be able to pick up a 400 million year old fossil and understand its place in the history of the earth, to go to South Georgia and pick up a 17,000 year old shell, the last time the sea inundated our coast. It's just a delight and I loved doing that. The second is a bit more practical. Not once, not twice, but on three separate occasions, I believe I received a direct call to God to the priesthood. I said no, I said no, and then the third time came. It was at the end of a grueling EYC beach trip at Jekyll Island. I was an adult advisor at the age of 22 to all these teenagers in this rental house. And the last afternoon, I came into the house to discover a suntan lotion battle taking place inside the house. Not sunblock, not in those days, and it was everywhere. Rental house, you get it? I had to do, or I had to get out of there. I had to do something to get away or else I would do or say something I might regret later. So I went out to the beach and climbed one of those gnarly oak trees to get away. As I sat there saying, thinking and calming down and reflecting and maybe saying a prayer or two, I said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. And in a warm breeze off the ocean came this response. Oh, you don't think so. Oh, yes, you can. In fact, you'll be doing it for a long time. And here I stand 30 years later. Well, it's actually more like 40 years later at this point. I still see the creator in creation. I still love geology, but I have been pleased to love and serve my Lord and this church all these years. One of the things that I learned to do to help me relax earlier in my priesthood was to go backpacking. My first adult trip was a week-long journey in one of the most marvelous places on the earth, Big Bend National Park in Texas. This park is um, the 15th largest in our park system. It's in the Big Bend of the Rio Grande River, uh, 1,252 square miles. It is a geologist's dream. It has all three of the major rock groups. I'm not going to ask you to recite them this morning. It has dinosaur bones on one side, the Chizos Mountains, a whole mountain chain in the middle, and Chihuahuan Desert all around. It is a place that just overwhelmed me. The second day of our backcountry trip was in the mountains, and it was a place known as the South Rim. It was a long uphill haul. In the southeast, you go up and down. Coming out of the basin of the Chizos Mountains, you go up and up and up with lots of water because water sources aren't available. When we reached the top of the rim toward the latter part of the afternoon, and I got to get just enough of a view, 
my geological and spiritual breath was taken away. Before me was a vast panorama. 2,000 feet below the escarpment on which we stood was the Chihuahuan Desert. Beyond that, it reached the Rio Grande River, and beyond that, some 15 or so miles away, were the Santa Elena Mountains, a geologist's dream. Big bands of rock units with various colors going from east to west, just pulling you toward the creation, the beauty of our world. It was one of those moments for me when I know, knew, I know that God has a plan, that creation is not by accident, and that the natural laws which God has set up for this planet to run on are good and consistent and faithful. It's like seeing a beautiful sunrise or moonrise or a beautiful sunset, one of those moments where you just say, how could somebody see this and not know there's a creator? I silently said a prayer of praise and thanksgiving to our creator for the beauty that was before me. Later that evening, I took a small piece of paper that had Compline on it. If you're a backpacker, you don't carry anything you don't need. And he's carried as small as possible. You even drilled holes in your toothbrush to save weight. And I had to sneak off because, you see, I was in an interesting backpacking party. Now, when you go backpacking, you have to kind of accept people for who they are, or else you better not go in the woods with them. There was a very lapsed Episcopalian, a non-practicing Jew, a devout atheist, a devout atheist, and me. And the evening before, they had poo-pooed me for my prayer life. So I set out to the South Rim by myself with Compline and my favorite scriptures, including the two stories of creation from Genesis, Psalm 121, Psalm 129, the prologue to John's gospel, the three canticles from um, Isaiah's prophecy, which we know as the songs of Isaiah. And I said my prayers. And I read Genesis. And I read John's prologue. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, God stretched forth creative forces beyond our comprehension or imagination. We tried to understand and name them through all of human history, creationism, six days, the Big Bang, evolutionary theory. Which do I believe in? The answer for me is all of them. Because for me, the bottom line is that God's Spirit moved across the waters of the earth and across the face of the earth. God's power rolled across the universe and created everything that is. And the Word was there too in the beginning. In the beginning, as the creative work of God continued, God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. So in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. Very good. And then sin entered into the equation. And the downward journey began, carrying us further and further away from God until, until a very young woman said yes to a messenger from God. 
until her betrothed said yes to another or to the messenger of God and did the honorable thing. Until God's word of love entered into the world as one of us. Until the angel chorus proclaimed Jesus' birth and the shepherds gathered around the manger. Until wise people came from the east and the knowledge of the incarnate word was made known to all people. Until the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I shared the story of my third call with you this morning for a reason. You see, I know that we are all called, maybe not to this particular and peculiar ministry of ordination, but we're all called into relationship with God and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. We're all called in that within the context of our baptismal covenant. We're called to deepening our relationship with God and with one another. We are called to be John the Baptist, proclaiming with the coming of Jesus into the world. We are called to proclaim to the world that Christ Jesus is still in the world. We are called to say, I know the Savior. It makes a difference in my life, and I want to share that with you. We are called in our baptismal covenant to proclaim by word and example the good news in Christ. We are called to serve others and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. <clears throat> we are called to work for justice and peace and to respect the dignity of every human being. We are called to reach out our hands into the world just like God reached out in love to us in the Christ child. We are called to reach out our arms to others just as Jesus reached out his arms on the hardwood of the cross that the whole world might come within his re the reach of his saving embrace. We are the ones that in this time and this place have received grace upon grace. The ones who have received blessing upon blessing. We are among those in every generation who through Jesus' life, birth, and resurrection have not only the promise and hope and the possibility of new beginnings, but the promise and hope and the assurance of our own resurrection as well. God loves new beginnings. God is all about new beginnings. Today can be a new beginning, no matter where you find yourself emotionally, mentally, spiritually, or physically. For God has come and moved among us. God continues to move among us. God calls to us to be God's people in the world. May we hear and answer. I don't know who it was. I should have timed that in my pocket. That would have been great. One sentence left. May we hear and answer this loving call this day and forevermore. Amen.